welcome back everybody how we doing birds fans we okay we good after the draft now we had a week to let it simmer are we okay jalen hurts is here he's an eagle there's nothing we could do about it you can love it and you can hate it but can't change it i guess i'm okay with it you know they, as you're gonna hear in this show the eagles did a lot this week i think they did a lot to help the team and i think it's gonna be good um Hey, you know what? You don't want car insurance either, but you got to have it, right? Kind of think of it that way. Before we get into it, you know, today we're going to be going through rounds four through seven of the NFL draft. I have another amazing guest. Um, joining me today is going to be Phil Porkman Simmons. He also does the Dynasty Rewind. He's a co-host there. Before I get to that, though, just uh, some notes, like I said. So the Eagles have re-signed Corey Clement to a one-year deal. It's kind of a minimum deal. Uh, in his career, 142 carries for 580 yards, six touchdowns, 4.1 yards per carry average, 32 catches, 315 yards, and two touchdowns. He averages 9.8 yards a catch through the air. Super Bowl 52, though, three carries for eight yards, four catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. He was big in Super Bowl 52. Huge. Um, glad he's back. Good depth. I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's a guy that has the potential to be the guy here. It's Miles Sanders, clearly. There's a reason Corey Clement wasn't drafted. He's good. He's good. He's a solid NFL player. He's not great. He's been hurt the last two years, which is unfortunate. He was huge for us in his rookie year, and I thought that he could be something. After that, he hasn't been much of anything, so welcome back, Corey Clement. Somebody who will not be welcome back much of anywhere is Telvin Smith, former Jacksonville Jaguars uh, linebacker. He's been arrested for unlawful sexual activity with a minor. I hope you get your ass kicked in prison. I don't know what else to say. You're, you're trash. Seriously. Um, on a brighter note, Roger Goodell forfeits his entire year's salary for COVID research or to help someone or something. But he forfeited his salary, so he forfeited $40 million. Um, I'm a nice guy. I'm not $40 million nice. Um, some more Eagles notes. We have waived wide receivers Mark and Michelle, who is uh, Sonia Michelle's either brother or cousin. I'm not sure. I, I don't remember. I know that they're related. I forget exactly how. Um, they also waived wide receiver River Crackcraft. I didn't even know that he was a thing. That sounds like a game that you download on your phone. Seriously, I, I don't know what to tell you. Harry Roseman has been quoted as saying that the team is married to Wentz, um, which is shown in his actions, like drafting another quarterback. Supposedly, he called Wentz before drafting Jalen Hurts and said, I will surround you with weapons. We can see from today's episode, maybe it happened. I don't know. I guess you're going to have to keep listening. But... um. You know, Howie, seriously, actions speak louder than words. So if I sleep with somebody else, but I say that I'm married to my wife, is that still cheating? For the record, I'm not going to do that. Just making a comparison. Not going to do that. Not that type of guy. Doesn't matter. Um, Derek Barnett's 50-year option has been exercised. We, that's a no-brainer. Derek Barnett's been banged up, but he's a fantastic defensive end. And the Wentz family has welcomed their first child, a baby girl. She's happy, healthy. Everybody is home. So we are good to go. So who's ready for rounds four through seven? I mean, I know I am. I I'm sure Porkman's chomping at the bit to get in here. And I'm sure he's excited to talk to you guys. So, hey, you know what? Let's kick it over to Porkman. Here we go. There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. Win. Win. You know what you gotta do. Do it. How do you feel what's about to happen on this field, man? They gonna get it to us. We got to take it. They want to black out. We gonna get one black out. Stand together and keep fighting. We have enough of luck. You hear me? So like I said, everybody, you're in for a big treat this week in the studio, which I guess isn't really a studio. I guess it depends on how you look at it. We have 
my good friend and co-host of the Dynasty Rewind. One of the co-hosts, I should say. We got Porkman. Now, that's not actually his real name, but he goes by Porkman, and it is oh so fitting. Porkman, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. It's a, it's a blessing and an honor. Absolutely. We're happy to have you on. Um, of course, you, just like Shane last week, are welcome back anytime. Look at that. We haven't even really had your spot on here yet, and I'm already welcoming you back. But you know you're good to come on anytime. Right, right. So we're going to be talking today rounds four through seven of the NFL draft, um, obviously, in regards to the Eagles. But before we start there, Porkman, did you want to touch on our first three rounds? Anything you want to say? Yours? <laughs> Other than um, Shane going off last week about <laughs> our round two pick, the player that must not be named, because mm. um, I, I don't want to you know, delve into that too much. I, I'm, I'm on the, the glass half full part of it. But other than that, I mean, I'm with the Jalen Rager pick over Justin Jefferson. I know that's against everybody's uh, well-being. We agree I, I, there, then. Yeah, I, I believe he fits more in the system more than Jefferson does because we already have taller, uh, taller guys on that offense. So we need that little speed demon that's younger. Um, because we can't rely on the show in the last the whole season. Yeah. Well, what thoughts on the third round pick, that linebacker? Uh, Davion Taylor. Quick. Quick, he is. quick as crap. Um, I feel as though he's gonna be a little bit of a project as well. He's kinda like a uh like a chicken with his head cut off back there a little bit. He's fast. <laughs> he can he'll blitz, but I need to see him in coverage a little bit. I mean, we we know he can keep up with the guys, but can he actually uh, play coverage against you know top tight ends and maybe he might be able to ride with the slot receivers a little bit with his speed we'll see i mean i like the pick um although so we're just going to get right into it with our fourth round pick doesn't it seem like it would be more fitting if our third and fourth round picks were swapped a little bit yeah i, like, I do I, agree with that i don't understand how um so fourth round pick pick 127 overall it looks like kavan but it's Kavon wallace um, he's a safety from Clemson. He's 5'11", 205 pounds. And you want to talk about a guy that has some championship pedigree. Um, he played for four years in Clemson, 45 games, 100 solo tackles, 156 total tackles. So he had 48 assists, five and a half tackles for a loss, two sacks, five picks, one, or I'm sorry, 15 passes, defense, two forced fumbles, and one interception touchdown return. But I see big play all over this guy, Porkman. He's... Have you noticed the theme with the defensive guys that they're drafting here? Like they're all quick as hell and they're all solid tacklers. They're quick, solid, and they all have swag. And they I do. love they, they you need you need some type of moxie with you to play in the defense, especially now, because it's a passing league. And you need guys that's that's thick and that can tackle out here. And with him, he was next to uh Isaiah Simmons. They kind of play the same type of way. They quick, fast, and they all can tackle. You know, it seems to me like, okay, they they weren't able to get CD. Dallas snagged them. Then they draft Jalen Hurts. But it's like they're making up for it by, okay, well, you know what? We're not getting this guy. You got that guy. Well, here's a guy that's going to guard this guy for the next decade. Exactly. Okay, well, who'd you get on defense? Because we're going to have our guys running right past you. But so I like to watch game film on the guys. And then I watched like some highlight film, the highlight film showed him on senior day and he was hugging his mom before the game and talking about how sometimes they didn't have electricity because it got shut off. And, you know, Hey, listen, he's going to take care of his mom. I know that. But did you notice the narrative of this draft? So-and-so got drafted. Here's everyone in his family that has died or had a tragic event happening to it. (laughs) They shouldn't have in the time now with the coronavirus. There is no reason why they should have yes. been highlighting deaths Thank during you. a time where people are dying. I don't know where they were trying to get more viewership by that, but that kind of, that kind of turned me off a little bit. Dude, the one guy, I can't remember who it was. It wasn't an Eagles player, but it said he saw his father get murdered in a terrorist attack, and then years later his mentor got murdered right in front of him. And I'm like, oh, my God, right. why are you saying this? <laughs> You you need to you need to highlight their future NFL career. Stop talking about the past, and you know I understand. Okay, we all know last year Josh Jacobs 
he was in the car with his dad and they were homeless and stuff like that. But yeah. nobody died. That showed, you know, perseverance. Right. You can start here and get here. When you, you can't start with death and go back because they, they I understand, you know, we're playing for playing for such and such and, and such and who. But at the end of the day, they that was wrong. And yeah. they they need to they need to go back and rethink that. And they do that next year. That's that's not going to be good. I'm no. pretty sure somebody said something to them. Oh, um, I could almost guarantee it. But hey, back to Kayvon Wallace here. So, are we are we talking starter from day one? Does he make uh, Jalen Mills expendable? Um, not year one. Okay. I believe they're going to use Jalen Mills because I mean he did come into league as a safety some sort of way in LSU. And he plays pretty well when he's not getting put on man coverage and getting beat by by his the double move moniker. Double move, yep. Yeah. But when he's in the safety, I think he's going to play pretty well at safety. So I think he's going to help Kayvon Wallace. But once they put Kayvon Wallace in, they're going to try to use him like Malcolm Jenkins. And the way that he can strafe and go across the offensive line, defensive line, and get to the would-be tackler – and also blitz as well. They're going to Jim Swartz is going to have to rethink about his uh, defensive his, his defensive plan because that guy can get to a quarterback that fast. They're going to have to use him as a missile to get down there. And you know, the last time we drafted safety from Clemson, how he turned out. Yeah, it worked out okay. Uh, and They're pretty that, good. That being said, Brian Dawkins did give Kavon his blessing as well, saying, "You know, you got to give this guy a chance." If that's coming from one of the greatest safeties to ever play in the NFL, that's saying something right there. That's definitely saying something. And I I really want him to succeed. I just hope Jim Swartz puts him in the situation to do so. And I think we have uh we got we got some here with him. I feel like the Eagles are getting and I hope I hope they get to this philosophy, kind of the Seahawks philosophy of draft capital's great, but I'm putting the best player on the field. Right, and I think right now he's just – I think he's the steal of the whole draft for sec, for his safety purposes because there's no way – I agree. Looking at his tape, he should not have fell to the fourth round. And I think it's – Absolutely not. Yeah, and I think it should have been – there's a reason why because it was just a deep draft at a whole bunch of other positions. Um, He sh- he shouldn't have fell this far. And I, I for this reason, I give Howie Roseman like a – this I, to me, this is an A-plus pick. The oh, of the of of the Eagles draft. Absolutely. You know, if you take that second round pick out, I like the draft. Yeah, I mean I like the whole draft. I feel as though if we would have took out Hertz and put Mims there and then not draft one of these other receivers, I think we would have been okay. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Not saying anything bad about these other guys, but we're gonna get to them in a little bit. Right. Um so moving on to our next pick, round four, pick one forty five. We have Jack Driscoll. Um, who is, uh, he's just coming out as offensive line. I saw he is from the university of Auburn, six, four, two fifty. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I didn't do any, I'm not going to sit there and watch film <laughs> on an offensive lineman. Not until I'm getting paid to do it. It's not going to happen, but luckily the NFL did it for us. So, um, he graduated from UMass in three years. He was open for a graduate transfer to play two seasons at Auburn. Um, he did start start all 13 games at the right tackle spot in both 2018 and 2019. Um, so some of his strengths are four-year starter with loads of game experience, although only two of those in the SEC. Athletic on counter pulls from backside tackle spot. Good recognition of where to turn up. Composed up to the second level blocks with ability to adjust. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Let's look at weaknesses. Has short arms that are smooth and lack desired muscle, musultation, musculation. Okay. Just, yeah, say he's a, a, just say he's a wuss. Um, yeah. not, not much leverage and leg drive to generate movement. Erratic hand placement as a run blocker. You know what it sounds like to me? He sounds like a guard in the NFL. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm a little bit of an NFL degenerate, so I kind of did look at a little bit of his tape, <laughs> and, and he did look like a guard to me. Yeah, he doesn't sound like a professional tackle. And you know what? Hey, listen, that's fine. There, if you remember, Todd Harriman's came into the league as a tackle, mm-hmm. and he played – Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't he play most of his time with us as a guard, though? He was he was a majority of a guard. I believe it was right guard, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. And I think he went to, like, Saginaw Valley State or some BS little college. 
Right. The word where there's nobody usually comes out, you get like one in a million yeah, players so out there. If you have a guy that played tackle at Auburn and turns into a decent guard for you, you're you're good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Think, yeah, to me it just seemed like a lot of people were just he was getting bullied out yeah. on, the, on on the right tackle. They were just pushing him back and I I hate that. Yeah, so you know, you think about it coming here, probably gonna get switched to guard. You get to practice against this nasty defensive line. That's only going to make you a better pro. That's the only way. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to the fifth round. Round five, pick 168. And, you know, we talked about their defensive um, draft strategy. Speed, swagger, sure tackling. The offensive draft strategy seems to be speed and versatility. We're going to talk first about John Hightower. He's a wide receiver some from Boise State. Six foot two, 172 pounds. Speed, speed, speed for days. I can't say it as smooth as Ray Garvin can, but um, you get the picture. Yes, sir. He's more, and this guy, like the other wide receiver we're going to talk about a little bit later, he's more than just a deep threat, too. Did you watch, you watch some uh, John Hightower? Yeah, I watched, I watched a little bit. Um, to me, he definitely has the speed. I like him a lot. My only my only knock on John Hightower is I hate that he's a body catcher and not a hands catcher. I did notice that, yeah. Because he kind of catches the ball to – I'm not comping him to this type of player, but he catches the ball to me like the Tyler Lockett. The only reason Tyler Lockett can drop can catch the ball like that deep down the field because he's wide the hell open exactly. down the field because he has outrageous speed. But if they're trying to throw like 50-50 balls to him or like slants when it's like man-to-man coverage and he's up on them tight – um, you try and catch the ball with your body. All the quarterback got to do is put his hand right next to your chest and knock the ball out. So I think that's just the one thing he has to work on. Um, I do like uh, him in the jet sweep game because yes. he's always he's able to make that first guy miss, and that's the main thing with the jet sweep. They let that one rusher go. If you let that guy miss, you'll have blockers ahead of you. You can go. So I I really love that about him, and he also has some um some special teams uh film on him as well and he looked pretty good at that as well so yeah. when, when he's in space he's he was able to dominate i just think he i just don't want another aguilar no i don't want i don't want a receiver who just can't catch <laughs> well i saw that this guy can catch um, yeah he can catch he's pretty good i just i'm just scarred for life <laughs> no i think we all are you're good um what i like and what i think i didn't see a lot of it but i think he could be good in the screen game too Right. Yeah, I don't I saw the, the end arounds, the jet sweeps. I, I love that too. I also liked his moves in the open field. I thought he was pretty elusive once he got the ball in his hands. He was good at making those secondary guys miss. Now that being said, he's making defensive backs miss in the Mountain West conference, which is a jump to go from there to the NFL. Not saying that Mountain West guys don't come into the NFL, but you understand what I'm saying. Right. So as far as uh game stats wise I only got two years on him for Boise State. I don't know if he played anywhere else before that. 23 games, 82 catches, 1447 for yards, 17.6 yards per reception, 14 touchdowns. And then he did carry the ball over his career 24 times for 317 yards and two touchdowns on kick returns. 36 returns, 840 yards, which is 23.3 yards per return, which isn't that great. It's decent, but it's not that great. And one touchdown. So, yeah. Um, personally, if they would have switched their fifth and sixth round wide receivers, I think I would have understood that a little bit more again. I'm 100% agreeance with you. But I'm thinking because John played at a slightly, I guess, high, school. yeah, you know, sometimes you got to grab those guys. So, yeah, you know. but you know, with the Davion Taylor pick, going back to that, was he really on anybody's board? Uh, Did you hear anybody that, talking about him before the draft? I don't remember. No, I, I when they first of all when he first said his name and then they brought up his stats and it was like yeah he played like two games in high school. And I was like, can y'all explain that a little bit more? <laughs> Did, well, you heard it's because he's a Seventh Day Adventist. Yeah, 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 so. yeah Seventh Day Adventist. So they can't they have their Sabbath on a Saturday, right? And then they spend time with their family on Sunday, so they wasn't allowed to do anything. But I mean, hey. If if he feels though he can play football like that, <laughs> like he must have really loved football, and his parents was like, "Yeah, hell no," 
can't do that. Yeah, I mean, but when he got to college, he he balled out. So he did, and you know, a lot of people are going to say, "Oh, it's Colorado." Yeah, but look at look at the tape. Now, the the one thing that I understand going back to Kayvon, unlike Davion Taylor, this guy played at Clemson. Yes, you know, I the guy lost. How many games did did Clemson lose in Kayvon's career? Uh, not a lot. Not that's what I'm saying. So you're. <laughs> You're seeing a lot of balls getting thrown his way, especially when you figure that, you know, they're beating up on teams. They're throwing the ball a lot. <sighs> or or is it maybe it gets to that point in the game, people turn it off. They tune it out. Yeah, they. I mean, when, I when it gets to a point, you know, I'm an Ohio State fan, so when it gets to a point where we're just blowing people out, you kind of don't pay attention to <laughs> everything. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, they probably got to that point, but even still, like, as a scout, for him to fall that far just still doesn't make sense. And I think it was a a part of Isaiah Simmons balling out the way he did. You kind of lose – you kind of lose the other person that's actually doing some of the tackles as well. Yeah, that's true. You know, actually, now that I think about it, you live in Jersey. You should be a Rutgers fan. Rockers. Yeah, you live in Jersey. No, I do not like the Scarlet Knights. They're trash. (laughs) And actually, my first game I went to go see Ohio State, it was against Rutgers. I went to Rutgers, sat in the student section with all my Ohio State stuff, and was badgering everybody. Well, I think they won by like 50. So I actually, um, the first Penn State game I ever went to was at against Temple at the link. Um, That was when Temple was still in the MAC. And. Dude, let me tell you something. These Temple fans, they talked so much trash before the game. And I'm like, dude, we don't even care about you. Like, what? So then we won 31 to nothing. Yeah, I went to a Temple game years ago, and it got to a point where there was a a pigeon in the end zone. (laughs) And we were rooting for the pigeon to score, (laughs) other than the god darn Temple Owls to score. Although, you know what? Temple's turned it around. Oh, definitely. We'll say that. Yeah, Al Golden started that, and then Matt Rule just took it to another level. Yeah, and once he left, they're they're starting to become a, a almost like a, a defensive football factory to a point because there's always somebody coming out from there. Look at you stealing my segues because in round six, pick one ninety six, he's staying at home, ladies and gentlemen. Sean Bradley, linebacker from Temple. Now, first when I saw him playing, I thought he looked a little small. Okay. I'll watch a little bit more film. He is 6'1", 230. He could play. He's a middle linebacker, okay? Hustle, 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 hustle. You want to talk – Davion Taylor doesn't give up on plays. Neither does Sean Bradley. I mean – Yeah, I like this guy. Yeah, he's a Southern Jersey dude too, Porkman. Did you know that? He's, he's actually from uh, the town that I live in, right next to the town I live in now. He's from West Hampton, New Jersey. So look at that. And did you know that this selection converted his father from being a lifelong Giants fan to an Eagles fan? Well, God bless him. Yeah. I mean, hey, you know what? Your kid plays for the Eagles. You're going to cheer for the Eagles, right? You better cheer for Eagles, but not cheer for them bummy Giants. I just want to know how you live in Southern Jersey and you're a Giants fan. I have no it, idea. My, it uh, doesn't work that my way. My father-in-law is a Giants fan. And I was like, yeah, you better not bring that stuff for my uh, my daughter because I'm putting it right in the grill. Well, now, Start up the grill. We can talk about this real quick. Isn't your dad a Cowboys fan? Yes, he is. So how did you turn out right? I, my, my my stepdad. My stepdad is an avid Eagles fan. Oh, uh, bless we his had, soul. Yep. So we had a, I had a, my dad brought me a Dallas Cowboy trash can. So I just put all my trash in that trash can because <laughs> they're obviously trash. <laughs> All right, I like what I'm hearing. Um, but so what I thought, uh, Sean Bradley, aside from the hustle, he's a sideline sideline linebacker, and he's good versus the run. Yes, he is. So you you have any other thoughts on Sean Bradley? Yeah, he's really good against the run. My only knock on him is maybe against the pass because I'm not too sure if he can keep up with the speed that's in the NFL right now. So if we can keep him on the uh, you know first and second down, if he, if you know, he will make the team because I think he's, his hustle will take it over the top for him. Yeah, he'll start out on special teams. I think. Yeah, he, yeah, he'll definitely start on special teams because we got a we got a whole bunch of project linebackers right now, which I'm not really sure how they're going to figure that out. Well, but, um, Nigel Bradham's not there. Yeah, Bradham's not there. We got the Jatavian Brown. Got got him. Camus Grugier Hill's gone. Um, yep. 
So right now, I think it's Jatavian Brown is going to be like your weaker strong side backer. I don't, I don't know exactly how the Eagles. Look. Everybody does different, but we'll just do the three linebackers. If it, the season was starting right now, I would think it would be Jatavian Brown, T.J. Edwards in the middle, and then Nate Gary in the other spot. Right, Nate Gary. Yeah, Nate Gary played pretty good for us last year. And, he's just not well. Consider he's not elite. He, he's just solid. He also played last season with a sports hernia the entire season. I don't know if you yeah. saw that or not. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, so I mean, like, I'm gonna give him credit for still playing that good. And he had a sports surgery. He needs to have surgery on it. So, you know, Deshaun Jackson didn't do it. Just, just saying that. What he should have got the surgery. He should have. Yeah, that and that was that. You know, that was a mistake on the, um, on the Eagles staff. But so I think T.J. Edwards, like I said, he gets the first crack at the starting like backer spot. But let, let's say. Just for comparison's sake here, if Sean Bradley is never anything more for the Eagles than a backup linebacker and a special teams player, are you complaining about that in the sixth round? I'm definitely not complaining about that in the sixth round. Yeah. And especially you know he most likely wanted to get drafted by the Eagles. He's going to do his darndest to stay on this team. Exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. So um, statistically, he did play four years at Temple. Um Congratulations for surviving four years at Temple. Uh, <laughs> you, you've been there. Right? That, I don't. I don't. Can't remember if I ever been by Temple. That's not exactly the best part of town, if I'm correct. Yeah, I mean the Temple campus, beautiful. Just don't go like you know in the three block radius. You might, uh, <laughs> especially at night. You know, just stay in your dorm and eat some hot pockets and <laughs> play some PlayStation and just chill out. Because right. uh, it's not the best at times. Yeah. So, um, surviving four years at Temple, he did play in uh, 42 games. He had 167 total tackles. I'm sorry, solo. Wow, can't talk. 167 solo tackles, 88 assisted, so 255 total, 22 for a loss, two sacks, three picks, one pass defense, three forced fumble, and one fumble recovery. He also did have one interception return for a touchdown. So, uh, welcome to Philadelphia, Sean Bradley. You can stay at home. So, all right, Porkman, our next guy. I don't know about you. He's my favorite receiver, not named Jalen Rager, that they drafted this year. That's Quez Watkins, round six, pick 200, wide receiver from Southern Miss, 6'2", 190. Now, you were talking about 50-50 balls with John Hightower. He has a, a similar skill set in he's dangerous in the open field. He's got good speed, not just a deep threat, but I think his stop-start is better. He's a hands catcher and he's got a good jump ball. Yes. I'm definitely with that. The first of all, um seeing you see like a uh, receiver in the combine, second fastest time in the combine from receivers other than that animal Henry Rogues. Yeah. You would not expect to look at his tape and see how many 50-50 balls he had. I wasn't especially a receiver that's getting drafted in the 6th round. Yeah, like and he's six two one. He made it look easy. Yeah, he's not a. Yeah, so I mean, no, I'm listening. No, so he's not like a big guy. Like he's not like Michael Pittman, but he's physical enough. Right. So. And he was kind of making them look silly out there on the sideline. He was, and the quarterback was god awful. Oh my god, he so was. At, and then at, at one point, he I watched one game. He was just literally just chucking the ball up. And Quez was just catching them, like almost all of them. And for him to have that much speed and have power to do 50-50 balls, I agree with you. It, for me, it goes Rager, Watkins, and then Hightower for yeah. the receivers in, in, this, in our draft class. He, his speed is undeniable as well. Again, in the open space. Good luck trying to catch him. Like for me, his 40 time at the combine doesn't really match up with his game speed. Unlike Rager, Rager had ran at 447, but he's not a 447. No, he's, he's, he's like 43. He's way faster than that. Yeah, he's he's way 4342. Quez didn't really run a 43 per se from eye test looking at tape, but still doesn't take away that he's still fast as crap in open space and Good luck still trying to catch him. Now, when you was talking about his versatility as well with this draft, he can play special teams as well, and I kind of like that too. So it gives him some type of options 
um, and from punt returns and kick returns and, you know, all the stuff that we can do. I will say this. We talked about their offensive draft strategy, speed, versatility. In these later rounds here, they're really going for value, too. I mean, we're talking John Hightower and Quez Watkins. I'm not going to lie. You know, Porkman and I, we, we break down a lot of film. We're, we do a dynasty fantasy football podcast. So we, we look at a lot of incoming rookies and talk about their traits, how can we can apply it to fantasy football. Here we're just talking about actual NFL football. But we did a lot of rookie breakdowns on that show. Have you ever heard of John Hightower or Quez Watkins until they drafted them? I heard of John Hightower for a split second, talking to some other guys. The only reason I heard of Quez Watkins was because of the combine, okay. and I'm going to be honest with you. So, I mean, and we did, we literally did a ton of tape on a lot of receivers because this was just a deep draft, and I don't think we even have enough time to even get down to these caliber of receivers, not saying that they're bad or anything. It was just the fact that this class was just so deep. We didn't, we just didn't get that far into well, these guys. Don't worry, Park Man. We got plenty more time to do more rookie breakdowns, which I know you love doing. Oh, man. <laughs> I actually do like it. Boy, oh boy. I, I don't mind. Yeah, I love it's it. It's fun. I, yeah, because I can just sit here with my daughter. Me and my daughter just break down tape. And it's a, it's a fun time for me. Uh, see, I can't do that because she keeps trying to change the channel on me. Tries to put on Mickey Mouse Clubhouse or something, you know. So I got to wait till she goes to bed, but she goes to bed early. Yeah, that's still well. Cal- Callie's older than Cora, so you know she's up a little bit later. Um, Cora goes to bed at like seven, so I got plenty of time afterwards. Yeah. So Quez's statistics—that's a mouthful. Um, Thirty-four games played in three years, one hundred fifty-nine catches for two thousand. 404 yards i guess that's what i read down here uh 15.1 yards per reception and 17 touchdowns lots of jump balls in there he is also very versatile too does some um kick and punt returns total 19 punts returned for 178 yards 9.4 yards per punt return and one touchdown now i will say this when i played football i never returned punts but the coach always said you want to at least average or you want to get at least 10 yards on a punt return so that's kind of the standard that I always go by. Um, so we're going to say he's a subpar punt returner, uh, according to yeah. Coach Chris and Coach Doug. Um, <laughs> kick returns, 18 total returns, 365 yards, 20.3 yards per turn, and no touchdowns. Um, also, just me personally, I think of like 20 yards per return is okay. 25 is good. Anything 30 and above is great. Um, hard to get, but, you know is what it is so you gotta be a maniac to do that junk anyway. yeah um, no no way so so hey devin hester made a career out of it yeah he was just faster than everybody. he was yeah um so our next guy round six pick 210 prince tega wanogo wanago yeah okay now this guy's a tackle in the nfl i think um definitely yeah he he's from auburn so he played with driscoll now he's six seven three oh five. So he's a big dude. Yeah, this <laughs> he's not six four two fifty. Like two fifty. I don't know how you play. That's what I don't know about Driscoll. How you play an offensive line in the SEC at two hundred and fifty pounds? Now I saw Driscoll. Driscoll. It's, I got on the combine. He was three oh six. All right, then I got some. Then I got some wrong information. But three. Yeah, because I was like, that don't even sound right. That sound like a tight end. Yeah. Let me see. But yeah, he's it says he's six five three oh six. Okay, all right. So the so I mean that sounds a little bit better, but I I still don't like yeah. him <laughs> as a tackle. He's a guard. Now think about this though, Prince's draft projection was rounds three to four, so we got some extra value here in the sixth round, which is, I mean, you know what I mean? That's that's crazy. Um, so let's look at some of his strengths. He possesses desired athletic traits as a left tackle. Okay. Hopefully he can mm, play. I got, I got a point on okay. that one, but I'm going to let you I'd go. like him to be a swing tackle. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I want him to be our next big V. He bends well, helping drive his power down on blocks, capable of adjusting feet, hips as a positional blocker, smooth to climb and adjust on second level, lateral athleticism, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay. I like weaknesses. I want to see what they need to work on. Yeah, we get it. You're big. You're strong. You're six foot seven. You're not King Dunlap. You should be strong. Sluggish initial quickness, laterally out of stance. They could fix that. Inconsistent hand placement and run game. Oh, they will fix that. 
needs to play with tighter, more controlled footwork. So you know what? Long strides diminish base and balance at times, short arms for his longer frame. Aside from the short arms, all this stuff that they're they're saying, this is all fixable. Like this this was a this was a Jeff Stout one too. Yeah, this is all just technique stuff. This is all technique stuff. It's and to me really fixable. I, yeah, it's very fixable. And all I have to say is now they better not. I heard on the radio today. Just don't bring back Jason Peters. Oh. Look, if they bring back Jason Peters, this is going to just stunt everything youth wise. I love Jason Peters. I love him but too. Go. I just don't like 85 year old Jason Peters. <laughs> Jason Peters. <laughs> Me either. It's like every time he has a false start, it's like he got a pee or something. Well, and you, he just jumped. That's but, like um, Darren Sproles kept coming back, and it's like, dude, I love you, but come on. Well, when he broke his arm and tore the ACL at the same time, that takes talent to do. So I- I'm going to need for you to uh, just step back and just chill out. <laughs> well, first of all, you know I don't chill out ever. Um, and secondly, yeah. I'm already sitting, so I can't really step back. And if I move the chair back, it's going to squeak. But it, it's just one of those things where, look, I appreciate what guys do over their career. Maybe some of it's, maybe all of it's for our team. Maybe some of it's here and there, whatever. But I think the Eagles are doing a better job lately of realizing when it's time to let a player go. Um, right. They might have done that with Bradham. Maybe they jumped the gun a little bit too early on Malcolm Jenkins. I don't know. Jason Peters, they didn't even try to resign him. Darren Sproles retired, so he made that decision for them. Um, it's just one of those things. So your point on uh, – you said you had a point on Prince. Um, so if Andre Diller <clears throat> decides to not be a marshmallow this year <laughs> – he can take that job at left tackle. But if he decides to be just a little he, – he just plays left tackle like a little bit too finesse. And if, he has the footwork for days, but the power is not there. And by looking at Prince Tego, if he can get his injury stuff together, I think he can take over that left tackle position over him. Just because – just by watching a little bit of his film, because, again, I'm a degenerate. I'm looking at offensive linemen. Because I'm listening to Trey Thomas in the morning when he was there, trying to break that stuff down. Andre Dillard, he has the footwork, but he doesn't have the punch. And coming from Washington State, when they pass the ball all day long, he I don't see any run blocking from him. That's be legit. This guy Prince is big as crap, and if he can get in front of you and just push you back. The holes on the line is going to be outrageous, and I just I, I I like I'm starting to like him more and more every time I look at tape of him, and then seeing that they say he was supposed to be a third or fourth round pick if he wasn't injured, I'm 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 starting to sour on Andre Dillard, especially when they was talking about trading him as well during the draft. So he he better come out and get his balls ready because Prince is about to take him. Well. What I can say is this. I feel it's easier to teach a guy to be a better run blocker than it is to teach a guy to be a better pass blocker. Does that make sense to you? No, it makes it makes yeah. sense. So I think Andre Dillard, you know, hey, rookie year, that, that whole process from the end of the year, you're constantly going through everything. You got the combine. You got your very first season, blah, blah, blah. You're still wrapping up school and all that stuff. It's it's a long, drawn-out ordeal. So his first professional season's behind him. What do you have to do? Work out. He's probably bulking up, probably hitting the weight room, working on technique, however he can, given the circumstances right now. I'm sure he's heard the rumors about possibly getting traded. I I think it's it's definitely his job to lose. Um, but I don't think they're going to give up on him quick. Well, they, they can't cause it's, he had first round. Capital. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm just saying if he comes into the left tackle and we don't have Jason Peters, I don't know what we're going to yeah. do. I mean, I don't know. I would feel better if Andre Dillard was the right tackle because, you know, the left tackle, that's Wentz's his blind side. So. I just, I don't, you know, we don't need anything. We don't need Dillard giving up a bunch of junk 
on the uh, the blind side. So um, I don't know. It's interesting. I do like your take. To be honest with you, it's man, that would be something. A six round draft pick taking a first round picks job, especially when you consider that they traded up for Andre Dillard last year. So Porkman has muted his mic temporarily. Oh, Porkman, you're back. Okay. Oh, I'm here. I was just I'm saying here. about it. it would be interesting. A six round. Not yeah. hurt. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, that would that would be interesting, but I don't see them no, doing that. Not not that not right away. I mean, Dillard would have to literally be the reincarnation of King Dunlap. Ugh. Yeah, no, he's a queen Dunlap. I used to call him. Well, courtesy of my uncle, we used to call him uh, King Doormat. Yeah, he's definitely like a doormat. He's the a dude was over. six foot nine. He couldn't even get in somebody's way. No, he really he was couldn't. Terrible. Uh, that, that doesn't make sense. Like he was in cement. No, he was just his foot just stayed there. What was that? Um, was that OCU Manura? <laughs> no, that was Winston Justice. Yeah, never mind. That's somebody. Yeah, that else. was his first start. Yeah, he was getting roasted. I remember I went to a Phillies game that day, and I was all excited because they won. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go home and watch the Eagles win now. Yeah, they didn't. So, <laughs> um. For the record, it looks like uh, Prince Tega and Andre Dillard are the same height. Dillard's got about seven pounds on him, so it's not much anything. But um, yeah, so good. let's touch on our last pick of the draft, Casey Tuhill. Um, he's a linebacker and edge rusher from Stanford. Stanford putting out a lot of quality prospects lately, both offensive and defensively. Six four, two hundred forty seven pounds, uh, stand up linebacker or hand in the dirt be better suited as a 3-4 outside linebacker in my opinion he's a decent tackler he's very versatile very athletic um 41 games played 71 solo tackles so not a huge tackling machine 53 assists for a total of 124 21 and a half tackles for a loss 14 sacks one interception one forced fumble one fumble recovery four passes defense he reminds me of a very 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 poor man's my wife's crush connor barwin <laughs> Oh man, that's going yeah. way back. She huh? loves Connor Barwin. Hey, she can still look at him if you get the uh, the organization book because he's part of the organization. Oh, now. I should try to get him on the show. You could try. She can talk to him. No, I'm not going to let her ruin that for me. Um, <laughs> no, I know you said you weren't able to watch film on him. It's there wasn't a whole lot to be honest with you, um, but the guy yeah. could play against bigger competition. He played in the Pac-12. He's a project, plain and simple. Yeah, well, he's probably just special teams at this point, a little special teams piece. And it don't hurt to have extra linebackers. But, you never know what's you know, happen. You know what I think he's going to be? Do you remember how Steven Means would make the team every year? Like, he'd be the best defensive end in the preseason. And then you're like, this guy's great. And then he just doesn't play all year. Right. Means was, I'm like, why did not play him? Him and uh, last year with Deshaun Hall. Yeah. He was balling in the preseason. And then he got to a regular season. It's like, okay, uh, where you You know at? what? Really irritated me last year, too. So they drafted, and you know, I'm a Penn State fan. They drafted Sharif Miller out of the fourth round. Um, and there's a lot of people before the season that were like, well, this guy's on the roster bubble. And I was like, what? Are yeah. you not watching these preseason games? Like, the dude was going up against first and second team offensive linemen, and he was pushing some dudes around as a fourth round draft pick. Yeah, he played pretty yeah. well. But I think it was just he's short. They, they, you know, people look at measurables and be like, "Yeah, he's on the bubble yeah, already." How about you watch film? Brandon Graham's not the biggest guy either. Yeah, I know, but he's <laughs> his takeoff is. He's got stupid. a motor. Yeah, he does have a motor, I, and I, you know, it's it's hard for me to like him for obvious reasons because he's a, a <laughs> Michigan Wolverine, See, I, and they drafted him. In the I first try to round. put that past. I try to put that stuff in the past I, when it comes to the birds. You know what I mean? I tried, but I know that draft day. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Well, you probably wanted, you wanted Earl Thomas, right? Can we not bring that up? <laughs> Just, that everybody hurts, wanted Earl Thomas. I wanted Earl Thomas. It was the, it was the pick that made this the most yeah, sense. Well. How about we, okay, Dawkins gone. We replaced Dawkins with another great they safety. They did, Macho Harris. Hall of Fame safety. Yeah, Macho <laughs> Harris. He was probably seeing a macho, macho man in the god darn uh, in the locker room. He was terrible, dude. Like you have a nickname like Macho, and you're getting run over. Hot garbage from Virginia. So Tech. you know what I noticed too about this draft in very un Eagles like fashion. 
They did not draft a defensive lineman. Oh no. Well, we got five million. That's true. Well, five million good ones, actually, honestly. So we really didn't yeah, need like, them. Even from last year, they got uh, Sharif Miller, they got Josh Sweat, um, Hall. They they got I mean, this defensive line and they gotta be nasty. They like they gotta you know, you think about it. I'm not I know you're an Ohio State guy, but Dwayne Haskins doesn't scare me as a professional quarterback. Um, Daniel mm-hmm. Jones, I think, is going to be pretty damn good. You can't let Prescott sit back there. He's he's going to pick you apart with the weapons that they have. So they got to get after people. Well, you yeah. have to. And we don't have, like, a prototypical, you know, defensive end that's, you know, big, fast, that can bend, other than Barnett. But Barnett can't get to – he seems like he can't get to the quarterback fast Yeah, he's – just like him and Barnett, I mean him and um and Graham, they get back there. They just can't get to. I mean, them. the only thing that I can say is they get there, and it does disrupt the play enough that a lot of times the defensive backs can make a play on it. That's the yeah. only thing I could say. Unless, unless you're getting beat by a double move. On well, hopefully, you know, hopefully they don't play somebody that's smart enough and figure out how to do a double move on a safety thirty yards down the field. You know what I mean? That's what they're going. They're going to run a streak, and then he's going to stop, and then it's keep okay. going. And then he's going to get broke again. No, but I, I like Jalen Mills as safety. I you know what's going to happen if that happens? Kayvon Moss is going to be back there, man. And I'm, I'm fine with that. He's a he's a stud. What when they stud, he's when they stud. drafted him? I'm going to use a word that my Dynasty Rewind co-host taught me. I was hype when they drafted him. Not hyped. <laughs> um, I did know a little bit about him. There was actually another safety out of Clemson that I liked better, but he had a higher draft capital. I think he went in the second round. I was like, I'd love for them to get this guy in the second round, but they took a What's the, the white yeah, guy, that, right? I can't remember his name. Something with an S. Uh, um, um, yeah, Tanner or something. Yeah, Tanner that's Muse. it. Thank you. There is an S in Muse, so we're good. Um, but I was yeah. watching tape yeah. on him, and I was like, man, if we don't get Tanner high, they could probably grab um, – Kayvon, maybe a round later. Well, it turned out to be two rounds later, I think. So, I mean, I'm happy with it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm totally yeah, happy I, with so, it. So, Porkman, overall, grade the whole draft for me. <sighs> that's so other that's the thing. I don't I don't want to poo-poo on a Jalen Hurts pick because I don't know what their master plan is going to be. So other than that, I'm going to just take that pick out because it's the fact that we really can't use him yet until they figure out what they're right. going to do. I honestly would give them okay. a B because we got we got depth um, at positions that we needed the most. So like linebacker um, and wide receiver. Honestly, because our wide receiver was one of the issues that we had, um, obviously, last year. Have a four thousand yard quarterback with no five hundred yard receiver, yep. but but um, it's always good to have extra offensive linemen and a safety that I think that can start for this team for five five to eight plus years. So I, I give them I give them a, a solid B um, for this draft. I know a lot of people um, wanted Jefferson over Rager, but Rager Rager's Rager the right is pick. the right pick. Jefferson's a slot receiver. And that's what he's going to be in the NFL. And that's it. Um, for me, yeah. I'm going to go B minus. Um, I think they could have probably done a little better in some areas, but where they made up for it was um, the Kayvon Wallace pick, the Prince Tega pick, I thought were huge values. Um, Davion P- Taylor in the third might have been just a bit of a stretch, but he's here and I'm happy he's here. Um, I like the wideouts they got. They're no name wideouts. I like them. Um, yeah. Also, um, can't forget to mention that in the sixth round, I think they moved back a bunch of picks. I don't remember exactly. They did. It was it was the fifth. We dropped twenty picks to get. Uh, okay, we got Marquis Goodwin, um, who already said he wants yes. to race JJ Arcega Whiteside for his number. <laughs> he might as well just give him the goddamn number. Did you see number. that though? Yeah. It was yeah. Ridiculous. That's goofy. Just give up your number, JJ. You got. Hey, you know what? Maybe a number change helps him because I'm not giving up on our Sega Whiteside yet. Oh, I'm definitely. I think he can. He and he's a smart kid, and 
just give them a shot. Like uh, in the years of fantasy football that we live in now, when you see somebody that's terrible in their first year in the rookie year, they automatically want yeah, garbage. Exactly. You got to, you know, you got to. I think the the coaching staff tried to give him a lot on this plate to start. So they, you know, you got to learn the outside. You got to learn the slot. You got to learn H back or whatever they tried to give him. I just think right now, last year it was just too much. So I think if they just simplify the offense for him and tell him to do, you know, a few couple things, I think he'll he will flourish because he has he got the hands to do so and he's strong and he's good at fifty fifty. So just Eagles fan, don't give yeah, up on it's him. It's too yet. early. So but um yeah. Pork Ben, hey listen, thank you again for coming on. I appreciate it. You're welcome back anytime, like I said earlier. So before we le- head out for the day, is there anything else you would like to add? Nah, man, I'm just excited to be on this pod with you. I know we were talking about it for months now. Um, I listen to your pod every week. I Thank love you. your rants, and uh, just keep it going. You know, I'm not I'm not really of a a, a foul language type of person, <laughs> but when somebody else does it, I totally love it. So uh, yeah, keep up the good work, man. Y'all guys gotta you gotta tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend about this pod, Eagles fans, and just you know, yeah, keep I, it moving. I keep agree, Porkman. Thank you because those Jets boys are closing in on me. They're only eight downloads behind me. I didn't know that there were Jets fans out there, let alone enough to do a podcast. Uh, but like I said before, remember it takes two of them to beat one of me. So, Porkman, uh, you are heavily involved in fantasy football. So if people can hear your fantasy, want to hear your fantasy takes or your Eagles takes, because you talk about both, where can we find you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ffporkman. Right, I'm oh, sorry. And uh, okay. you hit me up on the – no, you're good. You can hit me up on the DMs as well if you have any questions about anything. You know, it could be about fantasy football, Eagles, or even about life. You know, I'm a I'm the type of guy that like to help a lot of people out. So um, my DMs is always See, open. Porkman is a great dude, and I feel like he's the type of guy, once he's got your back, he's got it forever. Um as for me, if you're so inclined, you could follow me on Twitter at the Bower 85. I would prefer you follow the show at back row underscore birds. My DMS are not open. I'm not going to help you in any way, shape or form. I will talk Eagles football and fantasy <laughs> football with you at any time. However, so pork band, thank you again for um, coming on. I'm going to no have problem. you back on at some point. We'll figure out a time, but until next week, please make sure that you rate review subscribe. And until then, Remember, nobody likes us and we don't care. Thanks again for listening, everybody.